It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's a great Saturday morning. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery at Town Lake Parkway. And it is a great time to be outside or perhaps inside with the rain outside. But it's going to taper off a little bit this afternoon. So you won't have to, any excuse for not being out in the garden. I'm joined this morning by Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery. We're here at the Town Lake Parkway store to answer your garden questions, to do the remote broadcast. The broadcast, by the way, stops at 8 o'clock because of the Bulldog game this afternoon. We have the pregame show coming up at 8. But I'll stay here till 9 o'clock. Mickey, can you stay? you got to go can. to your store. Mickey will be here till 9 o'clock as well if you want to come by then. And as long as supplies last, you can enjoy a Chick-fil-A biscuit on us this morning. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Al in Sharpsburg joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Al, good morning. Hey, good morning. My question is on, uh, I'm getting massive bundles of lawn mushrooms, and they look, I mean, they look, just like uh, the button mushrooms, except they're flat, and uh, they're kind of tan, brown. I just wondered if you had any information as far as identifying them for being, you know, uh, edible poisonous. I've been looking them up, and the best I can come up with is they're close to what you call an angel ring. Right. I would never advise you to eat a mushroom that you just see in the yard. There are some that are not exactly poisonous, so it would make a nice bellyache for you if you eat them. There are others that are probably safe. But honestly, Al, if you have a chance to join the Georgia Mushroom Club, that's what I would do. There's a very active mushroom club in Atlanta, and you can go to monthly meetings. They have discussions of how to identify mushrooms, how to know which one they, that you have, and some sort of mimic each other, so they have definitive ways of telling mushrooms apart. But I would not ever tell you it's safe to eat one of the mushrooms you see in your, in your lawn without actually seeing it. Even then, I probably wouldn't know enough to really identify it and make sure it's safe for you. But I would join the mushroom people. They're nice folks. Okay, might do that. Now you you will really <laughs> you'll really enjoy their meetings. They have a lot of fun at the meetings. They of course have safe mushrooms <laughs> that they serve for <laughs> snacks at the mushroom club meetings. They're nice people. If you Google Georgia Mushroom Club, you get the get the information about them. Comes now, Drew, brother Drew in Commerce, Georgia. Good morning, Drew. Hey, morning, Walter. How are you? We're all right. How can we help, Drew? Good. I, was just, I know you mentioned a minute ago about hiking and being out west this morning. Uh, this a week ago this morning, I was already on the Appalachian Trail going up top of Blood Mountain from the Wow! Old wow. And I've got friends. Really, I'd, I'd recommend everybody hit me. I always wanted to do it. I'm 54 years old, and I always wanted to do it because we camped at Vogel all my life. And I said, you know, I'm going to do that one day. Well, we did it last Saturday. Me and the dog went. Yeah. I've got friends this morning, Drew, who are hiking up to the Hike Inn. Do you know what the Hike Inn is, Drew? That's the one at Mount Lamont in Tennessee? No, no, no. It's here in Georgia. It's up above, right close to Almacolola. And it's called The Hike, H-I-K-E-I-N-N. And the Uh name is sort of a play on words because you literally have to hike five miles into the Hike Inn. And they have a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous um, uh, building and composting toilets and all sorts of things that uh, make it a real fun place to visit. If you like to hike, I would go to the Hike Inn as one of your first... uh, First runs, first hikes. I'll, I'll try that. Yeah, yeah. The question I had, Walter, was just on my bank. I'm thinking about. I want to do some uh, junipers. Yeah. As far as the growth, which ones would be the fastest growing, and also which 
you know, what time of year? What, when should, what's the best time to do that? Let me defer to Mickey right here. She knows more about junipers than this I do. This is a good. This is a good time to plant them because they've got all winter long to develop a you know a good root system. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Blue Pacific. It it grows good. Uh, Blue Rug is the most popular one. It probably grows the fastest. Um, Blue Rug, uh, Blue Pacific is a really really pretty one though. It's real Pacific, soft looking yeah. and it covers good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, there are a zillion yeah. different ones, yeah, but um, I know those, I didn't know there's that many different ones. Some that grow like one foot and they spread out four. They grow four feet and spread out six. And I, you know, yeah. Usually, uh, I always tell people to put them on about three foot centers, and that way they'll grow together pretty quick. Three foot centers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and I want to tell just say something. Yeah, come on in. We've like, got we've got quite a few here at Pike, so come in and check it. Okay. I thought Walter a couple of years ago, I think it was about my Leland Cypress, and they're doing real well. They're Great. I planted them four years ago, and they're about 15 feet high now. They're getting tall and getting fat. So they're they will get, they'll get even bigger as the time goes on. My neighbors down the street um, planted Leland Cypress about 15, 18 maybe years ago in order to give them some screening from the right. uh, highway noise and highway lights and things like that. And now right. I heard Missy yesterday say she's going to take down those, those uh, Leland Cypress because she uh, can't huh. see the street and wants to see the street now. She's a new inhabitant <laughs> of that house. So Leland's grow up. They look good for a while. And then you may decide they're just way too big or block things you want to see. So Leland certainly had the capability of being 40 to 50 feet high. And yours will get there someday if you let it, Drew. Yeah, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great weekend. Yourself the same. Thanks for calling, Drew. 404-872-0750. Get you in in Drew's slot here. Chris is up in Houston, Georgia, and joins us this morning. Hey, Chris, good morning. Chris, oh, Chris dropped off there. Too bad. Let's go to uh, Georgia in Stone Mountain. Georgia's in Stone Mountain joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Georgia. Hey. Hey. I I called you earlier this month about this horrible weed and you told me it was Korean basket uh, basket grass. grass yeah okay now and then you told me to put out a pre-emergent but um, I wanted to know the area this is in is heavily leaked it's a natural area yeah. now will that pre-emergent uh, penetrate? Because uh, I don't want to have to rake all the leaves to get down to the ground. Um, all right, let's go a little bit and talk about what pre-emergence are. A pre-emergent is a chemical that causes weed seeds, or frankly any seed, from germinating, from sprouting, from making roots on it. And so pre-emergence you put out before the seed that you're worried about, the weed seed that you're worried about, actually germinates. And so for the Korean basket grass, the seed germinates in spring, sometime in very early May, I'm guessing. And so you put a pre-emergent out in mid to late March, and the pre-emergent then goes into the soil. It only goes down about a half an inch and prevents any of those uh, basket grass seeds from germinating that year. And there's probably more of those seeds that are down a little bit lower in the soil, and so it might take a couple of years of application in March. But generally speaking, I've seen no damage from using the um, common pre-emergent uh, products on you know, the shrubbery around them or the trees that uh, well, shade out is, the shade the basket grass. It isn't damage. I just wondered uh, if you had to get to bare ground to be able to for the pre-emergent to work. 
No, you don't have to get to bare ground. Generally, it will get down into the soil where it's supposed to be without you having to do anything other than watering it in. That's something to remember, Georgia. The best way to apply a pre-emergent is to put it out at the right rate and then water it in so it's dissolved in the soil. But if you water it through the leaves or the uh, anything mulch maybe that's on the ground, it should be just fine. Do its job correctly. Well, the, now the, the, I'm asking, I always think of pre-emergence as a spring thing, but I have a, a round flat about six leaflet um, yeah. uh, weed that is just coming up everywhere. Is there, a, do you put on a, an emergence, there's a pre-emergence in the fall or just in the spring? Both. It depends, mm -hmm. again, on when, when the seeds are there, Mickey. Yeah, usually we say around the, the middle of um, September to the middle of, uh, of October. That's right. probably the last Good, that you right. could do it. But go ahead and get that down because the, the winter weeds, that's when they're going to germinate. Even some of them that you don't see until January, they actually germinate early. So you need to get it down now and then... Um, sometimes we put even one in the middle of the winter, and then we put another one on in the spring for the Georgia, summer weeds. Remember, Georgia, and all listeners, too, remember that the best control for weeds is a really healthy, thriving lawn. Um, and so if you can get your fescue, your Bermuda, or zoysia, or whatever, growing rapidly and th healthily, then that is the best kind of weed control that you would not even need any kind of chemical to, uh, to uh, control. But pre-emergence are useful if you have a situation where you have a weed like the basket grass that really is hard to control any other way. And the pre-emergent for that applied in the spring in March or April generally controls basket grass very nicely. Georgia, thanks for calling. We've got to take a break right now. It's 718, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, in the very high 60s, maybe lower 70s today, we've got 60% chance of showers. Tonight, in the lower 60s, and the rain chance drops off to around 20%. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting from the Town Lake Pike Nursery this morning. Mickey Gasway is with me as well. If you come and visit us, we got Chick-fil-A biscuits and questions about your garden answered while you wait. Janice is in Toco Hills and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Janice, good morning. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I uh, was at the store last weekend to pick up some uh, weed and feed for my yard, yeah. and I noticed they have, like, these winter fertilizers, winterizer, mm -hmm. you know, fertilizers, yeah, sure. weed and feeds. And it's weed and feed, but what's the difference between that and just, regular weed and feed. I mean, do I need to be buying that? Uh, it depends on what grass you have. What grass do you have in your lawn? Mostly weeds, but fescue. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it has a high po uh, potassium, though. It probably, the winterizer number, type. That's what they yeah, they have type, a lot of, of potassium in them. Um, what grass did you mean to have in your lawn, uh, Janice? <laughs> fescue, all right. <laughs> So have you thought about overseeding with uh, fescue seed this time of year? It would be a great time to do it. Well, I was going to do that, but if I put a weed and feed on to get rid of the weeds, 
then That's won't exactly it right. prevent the fescue from germinating? It will indeed. So you're smart to think all you should use if you're planting fescue at this time of year is use a straight fertilizer, not a weed and feed fertilizer right. so, or what product. Is, what so, does, what's the difference? With, what is a winter winterizer? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a fertilizer that has a lot of potassium. There's some research that shows that potassium in the soil helps to make uh, plants and lawn grasses more tolerant of cold and oh. the stress of winter. And so winterizers oh. typically have a little more of the last number than the first couple numbers on it. Do we it's really not need necessary. That yeah, but usually our soils are sufficient in yeah. potassium here anyway. But Okay. So right now, if you're going to plant fescue, which I hope you will, so we don't have weeds in yeah, the lot all right. wintertime, Janice, plant the fescue. Don't worry about uh, fertilizing with anything other than a straight lawn fertilizer. Do if you were to plant your fescue seed today, I would fertilize now with a starter fertilizer, and another time maybe in mid-November with a regular lawn fertilizer, another time February, and maybe another time in very early April. And that really will make the fescue happy, 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 and hopefully choke out your weeds without any weed killer applied. And then, like in April, can I use a weed and feed? Not on fescue. I don't. Oh. I frankly don't think that fescue sometimes matches up with the time it needs to be mm -hmm. fed and the time that it needs to be uh, weed controlled in it. So my preference usually is to use fertilizer and weed control in separate separate things, separate uh, products, and do it at the right time. You can get more details if you want to on my website. Go to WalterReeves.com and just type in lawn calendar for fescue. It'll tell you quite exactly when, what months to do what in your landscape. It's 726. A reminder that we're giving away a Chateau Elan great weekend getaway. One night at the inn at Chateau Elan, complimentary winery tour, tasting for two people, and either two individual massages or a couple's massage at Chateau Elan. The only people who can register for this contest are right here sitting with me right now at the, tight, at the Pike Nursery at Town Lake Parkway. If you get here before 9 o'clock, We'll take all the entries for people who come to the pike, mix them up real good, and we'll give an announcement uh, to the people who are here. You do not have to be here in order to win, but everybody who does come to Town Lake Park Pike Nursery will be entered into our drawing around 8.45 or 9 this morning. I'm Walter Reeves. This is Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after news. and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. I bribe these people to come here. I bribe them with Chick-fil-A sandwiches, but we have a nice audience at the Pike Nursery in Town Lake Parkway. I'm here along with Mickey Gasway. We'll be here till 9 o'clock this morning answering garden questions. The broadcast, though, only goes till 8 this morning, so we've only got about 25 more minutes for the radio broadcast. We've got the pregame show for the University of Georgia Bulldogs coming up at this morning. But right now, Mickey Gasway, being here, seated to my right, has the Pike pick of the weekend. Mickey? And it is pansies and violas. Which would be perfectly well said, yes. well to sell this weekend and plant Absolutely. this weekend. Absolutely. So when you plant a pansy, what is your step, that you, the steps, one, two, three, that you do to plant a pansy? Maybe? I make sure that I'm in the sun. I think most of them do better in the more sun. They'll do in a little bit of shade, but more sun. Um, I work up the soil good. If, it's, if the soil's not loose and organic, I'll, I'll work that up. And you can use 
the planting mix or if you're in a pot you can use the pike potting soil it works good and you can either use pansy food or i use osmocote with pink lid the pink what? The pink lid. The uh, osmocote fertilizer with, with the pink, pink lid. lid. And you think that's different? Or? It has a higher nitrate nitrogen. So that's why the and pansies would why. like it in cool and soil. It'll work better in cooler temperatures. And it does great for me. So pansies available is 20% and off. Maltrum. Uh, that's a good idea too to keep them drying mm -hmm. out when the winter winds go across them but if you come to any pike nursery around the Atlanta area you can uh, tell the cashier with your basket full of pansies and violas these are 20% off this is the weekend uh, pike pick of the weekend by Mickey Gasway sold, sealed and certified that's indeed how to do it but you have to ask for them because it won't just yeah, automatically come up and come up. today the um, the pansy the four inch are eighty seven cents which is cheaper than the twenty percent off but um, and so you get whichever one's cheaper but the four packs I mean the four yeah four packs are uh, the twenty percent will come off all right and so Mickey if we wanted to find where the locations of Pike Nursery is PikeNursery.com PikeNursery.com of course and we have also the opportunity to give away a weekend prize pack Mickey I'm going to ask Ashley Frasca she is such an expert at choosing a number between two and seven so Ashley will be thinking of a number between two and seven to determine who wins a family four pack of tickets to the Wings Over North Georgia Air Show Sunday October fourth at the Richard Richard Russell Airport in Rome plus a pair of tickets to see Jackson Brown I saw Jackson Brown he was awesome it's about 10 years ago in concert October 10th at Chastain Park Amphitheater produced by Live Nation Ashley Frasca who is our winner this morning caller number four caller number four to our contest line which is 404-741-0750 404-741-0750 be the fourth caller and you'll win this great weekend prize pack Mickey, we've got a caller. Bonnie in Buford wants to know the difference or what she can use to prevent erosion in her landscape. Bonnie, good morning. Good morning. Appreciate your show. Um, How can we help? Hey, yeah, I've got some, over time, I'm seeing some erosion on my property, and so I'm trying to manage the uh, drainage. I'd like to build up some mild berms using some soil, and I'm wondering what mixture, is there a mixture of soil and sand that can be used in that, for that purpose? It won't just wash away so readily. I, I, it depends on the slope, obviously, but why? I mean, why do you think the soil sand mixture is going to do the job for you that you couldn't do better with uh, timbers or bricks or something like that? Well, the property, the way it slopes down, it actually has an, an about 200 foot drainage. Uh, right. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Ditch. Um, that okay. has yeah. <laughs> nice sized round river rock on it. It's great. It's a beautiful thing. Kind of sticks yeah. down through the back. But some of the land, uh, some of that's going to be dug out uh, because to make it a little deeper. Um, just the way the land is settling over about six years' time, it's not draining through that ditch. Um, it's, hmm. I've noticed some erosion through my Bermuda grass as it slopes down. I'm getting yeah. more erosion through that as it approaches that back naturalized area, which is full of pine trees and pine straw. It's cleared. It's pretty. But I thought if I build up, try to build up certain sections of the back and manage the drainage a little better, if there's like a mixture of soil and maybe river sand or paver sand, that might be good to, to fill in those areas. So. Then All right, you got Mickey Gasway is looking at me with a wrinkle look on her forehead. She doesn't have any wrinkles otherwise. But uh, Mickey is looking at me like, this is not going to work. Mickey. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm grasping what 
your idea is, but I don't understand why mixing sand with the soil would help any. I think no, I think it's going to erode. I think that the water is going to come down and wash away your sand. I and think soil this and might be a time that you need a landscape architect out to to okay. when you start talking about water and drainage and things like Erosion, that. You yeah. need to have somebody that, and not just a landscaper, but a landscape uh, an architect. And okay. Pikes has some good ones. Yeah, so, very good. And one. I think it would be worth your time to have somebody. To come out. And I, I agree with Mickey. You need somebody professional to look at the actual slope of the land, the underlying soil, and what is causing the erosion. I just don't think, as you described mm -hmm. it, Bonnie, that the sand soil mix is going to make it's going to do what you want it to do. It's going to be, have to be mechanical ways of um, directing the water someplace else. And the Pike Landscape Group, fabulous people to be happy to happy to serve, and they do a great job. There are landscape architects on staff that'd be glad to uh, design you a. A solution that really does work, but I just don't think that sand-soil mix is going to do exactly what you need. I sure don't. Let's go back to the phone with Chris. is in Houston, Georgia. has a question about the leaves of her plants. Say, hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning. I'm good sorry morning. to try this again. <laughs> I know you dropped off a minute ago, so how can we help I, right now? I, well, I got so excited I heard my name, and I guess I hit the wrong <laughs> button. Anyway, <laughs> good morning, Walter. Hi, Mickey. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I have a house plant um, that my husband purchased for me at one of the grocery stores, and I haven't had no problems with it until recently when I saw these little, I call them ninganings for I don't know what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mom's word. So anyway, they go along uh -huh. the, the spine underneath the leaf, and every once in a while you'll find something on the top. But they go right in a row. and white. I, my my fingernail and go right down and take them all off yeah. and uh, they're actually soft you know yeah. so I'll rinse them off and then there'll be a collection of them down toward the soil line and go straight up the stem so they're nasty little ningnings and uh, they just keep coming back <laughs> And Mickey, what do you, Mickey, I, let's they get. Sound like, they sound like mealybugs. Mealybugs. And they're a sucking insect. They're in the same family as aphids and white fly. Um, mm -hmm. So you need to put, there's, there's a product that you, I mean, you can just continue to hose it, I mean, to wash it off. But there's mm -hmm. a product you can actually put in the soil. And it, what it does is poison the plant. It doesn't mm -hmm. hurt the plant, the it just poisons it so that when this insect sucks on the plant he dies yeah. and he doesn't reproduce that's okay. probably the easiest thing it's to do for thing. mealybugs is yeah. get a systemic insecticide that goes into the roots and up into the sap doesn't hurt anybody except whoever's feeding on your plant and which, i think we've got one that's just for house plants we yeah. did i believe we've still mm -hmm. got it well these things are like you i know they're alive because they're they're just like yeah. they keep, um Anyway, they're they're a tan color and they're tiny. They're almost yeah. like sea ticks or something. So yeah. they're very I think tiny. This is the beginning of the mealybug population, yeah. the young ones are the little tiny things on there. But I agree with Mickey, a systemic insecticide made for house plants would do a great job and that'd be the end of that story. Chris, we gotta move on, but thanks so much for your call. We got Dan no not Ned, we've got yes it is Dan who's here. It's Dan, you're on News Talk WSB. Hey Dan. Good day, sir. I've got a Kusa uh, white dogwood that yeah. has red uh, berries hanging on it. It looks kind of like a young pine cone, and I've never seen it before, and I'm wondering what it is. Well, they have a different berry than the the Florida dogwood. It looks like, to me, the Kusas look kind of like 
Raspberries. A yeah, raspberries. They, and they are like a raspberry. They're edible too, Mickey. I don't think they're the greatest tasting thing. Yes, ma'am. I've eaten one, and I'm still here to tell you. Oh, good. Well, they're big. They're about the size of a dime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as they won't. They will get a little bit bigger depending on the variety of Coosa dogwood. They'll get a little bit bigger than that sometimes. But my neighbor across the street has a beautiful Coosa dogwood and has the fruit on it right now, just turning a little bit pink on them. Isn't that something? Yeah, Coosa dogwood seed that. seed uh, pod seed berries. I guess is what we'd call it. But yeah, it's Coosa dogwood and very uh, very great tree for folks who have not ever grown or planted a Coosa dogwood. Is mm-hmm. it? absolutely beautiful tree the great thing about it mickey is that it flowers after the leaves are already on so it's later than the other florida dogwood that blooms back in april gosh what a pretty plant that is the kusa korean some people call it a little bit more upright too so they're not quite that pick up upright limbs and they'll take more sun jim is in coming georgia and joins us on lawn and garden hey jim good morning hey uh i have a question i'm building a house uh they're pouring my concrete next week and then doing the final grade of the landscape. Is it too late to lay sod? What kind of sod do you want to grow? Bermuda is fine. If you can find Bermuda on Christmas Day, you can lay it the day after Christmas Day because it is that tough. It is, uh, I mean, it's not the best time to be laying Bermuda sod, but there are plenty, plenty, plenty of landscapers and homeowners who've laid it in the cold days of winter and as long as they keep it just a little bit moist, it will slowly root down into the soil underneath it. And then when the warm weather comes in April and May, then bang, boom, it's coming out of the ground. So, yes, you can. I don't recommend that for zoysia or centipede no. or anything else. But for Bermuda grass, yes, you can plant it late in the season. Perfect. Thanks. All right, wait, 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 Jim. We have other things to tell you. We have other information. Okay. One of the biggest things you can do for any lawn, and this goes to the entire listening audience right now, but the best thing you can do for a new lawn is to till the soil, add organic matter, add lime, add a little starter fertilizer before the first sprig of grass is laid. It is just so hard now for people who say uh you know laid down centipede side laid down Bermuda side three years ago the soil wasn't uh tilled beforehand it was just sort of laid on hard red clay and it's not doing so well now is mostly what they say and i think gosh if we had just addressed this three years ago you'd have such a pretty lawn but tilling has got to be done you got to mix in some organic matter make the soil moist or loose. i think also Make sure you don't have any low spots. That's what I see. I go to people's house and I see they've got brown spots in their lawn, and you can see exactly where it's low. Yeah. And it, uh, the water um, stays there. It doesn't have to be real low, so try to get it real, 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 real smooth. Right, nice out. and flat, and you can get a roller. You can rent a roller for yeah. 15 bucks and roll it across the lawn after you've tilled it to sort of find where the low spots are. Fill those up, make it absolutely pool table flat, lay the side, and then for decades you'll have a nice looking lawn because you actually tilled the soil made it better. Right now it's 7.48 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be pretty pleasant today. All the rain is going to come in and go out. 60% chance of rain this afternoon. We've got temperatures this morning 
about high 60s, maybe the very low 70s by afternoon. Overnight, the lows in the lower 60s, 20% chance of rain as well. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery at Town Lake Parkway. Happy to see you here because Mickey Gasway and I will stay here at 9 o'clock, although the Bulldog pregame show starts at 8 this morning. But till 9 o'clock, Mickey and I will be here to answer your garden questions. And as long as supplies last, you can enjoy a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit on us. Carol is up in Houston, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Carol, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I've got a really quick question. I've had a um, Rose of Sharon um, that I planted um, from, oh, it was kind of a pot that my friend gave me, but a good roots yeah. about three years ago. Uh, it bloomed a little bit the first year. It bloomed pretty good last year, just one big Flush of blooms in uh, the hottest part of July, 1st of August, uh, and both last year and this year are the same. My second set of buds is hard as a rock, and they're dropping like flies. No more blooms. But I've got buds everywhere. Do you say bugs or buds? Bugs. <laughs> no B bugs. <laughs> I don't know. B all right, good, because there are seed pod bugs that get on Rose of Sharon, and they're very distinct, sort of orangish, uh, bright colored no, markings no, no, on them. No, no color. They're just, um, they look like the, the, the buds that came in the first flowering. Mm -hmm. But if I if I were to give happen. an answer honestly, Carol, I would say yeah, that's what happens sometimes on Rose of Sharon. Mickey, has your experience been that the buds just sometimes just drop off without flowering? Are you sure it's a bud and not a seed pod? Let me get back. Let me turn her volume back up again here. Can you hear me? Yeah, now she can. Um, um, can you because they look very much of little black. I thought those might be the seed pods. That's that's what I was thinking. Maybe uh, I, I mean I've Carol. I've been real careful to spray it, you know, with some antifungal stuff, you know, through the year. And yeah, well, Carol, if you will send us a picture. Yeah. Sorry to have to cut you off, but we got to get out of here because the bulldog show coming up. But I do want to thank Ashley Frasca for doing such a good job screening calls this morning. Scott Matson for choosing our music. Lorenzo Kip as our engineer on site. David Danzig arranged the whole thing along with Desiree Hyman. Mickey Gazaway, the hostess with the most, has helped me as well. We'll see you next Saturday.